This week on Behind the Meat Curtains, it's the continuation of Eris and Ryan. We hear a lot more about what it's like to start dancing at 40, and a lot more about the ins and outs of being a male stripper. Perspective that's pretty new to this podcast. So sit back, relax, and line your dollars up on the stage. It's another episode of Behind the Meat Curtains. Okay, so but back to your question about, like, does anybody ever talk to me about my age? All the fucking time. Most of the time they don't believe I'm as old as I say I am. They're like, there's no way you're 40. And I'm like, well, that's because you are your energy. So back to that self-care. If you're not taking care of your energy, getting your sleep, eating well, yeah, you're going to look fucking haggard. Um, so they're, a lot of the times they're surprised. Uh, and that's usually from the older gentlemen the younger ones who have the MILF fetish, oh my God, they are hilarious. <laughs> they don't care how old I am. They just want that whole MILF fantasy going on or cougar fantasy or whatever it is that they have. They, so they'll ask. I had one kid, he asked, and he's like, you know what, never mind. Don't tell me. I don't need to know. <laughs> it's just part of my fantasy. And I'm like, whatever, just pay me for that dance. <laughs> oh, yeah, and it, especially during the fall when they all get their student loans. Like, they, they, come, they come flocking in, oh, all okay. the young ones, like the, like, 21-year-olds, oh, 20 yeah. and 23, they're just like, I guess. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. <laughs> That'll be perfect. They don't know what to do. Oh, that's oh. next week? Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure I'm on the schedule five all days. All the baby boys are going <laughs> to on your... Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We should tell that story. So when I, okay. Uh, so first I think it took me a while to get an audition and I was told it's because I'm the oldest person the club has ever auditioned. Not the oldest dancer at the club. Just the oldest starter, the oldest starter. Yes. Yeah. Not the oldest dancer, the oldest starter. I don't know if that's true or not, but I was told that. The other thing I was told though, right as I was hired by our lovely manager was you are totally going to get all of the guys with mommy issues. Be careful that they don't latch on. (laughs) It's already happened once. He got, yeah, he got kicked out. The kid got kicked out, but I was like, he latched on. Oh my God. I was like, what? And I'm like telling one of the, I'm like, oh my God, it happened. Did he go? I didn't say that, but I was like, yeah, that was not unexpected. Unfortunately, sad that that one, that came true. I knew it was going to happen. Yeah. So, um, yes, back to the question about age. I do get asked about it. The other question I get asked all the time is how tall I am. You are tall. Yeah, I'm tall in my slippers. So add six or seven inches. (laughs) Yeah. I think think one of the things that gets to dancers, like retiring dancer, it wouldn't be uncommon to be 35, you know? And a lot of that is... I think a lot of that fear against age just become comes from so many people being younger, you know. It isn't whether or not uh, you or any of the other dancers who are older are old. It's just that there's so many children. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like yeah. just barely out of high school, you know, just starting college, whatever. It's, it's just a, a wide difference to look at. It is. And... I mean, we're not all one size fits all. Not everybody wants to get a lap dance from a girl who is the same age as their daughter. 
Sometimes they want somebody a little bit older um, who can carry a conversation. I don't know what it is. Not saying that younger girls can't, but they're looking for something different. And yes, there's a flavor for everyone. Yeah. Everyone. It doesn't matter if you're big, small, old, young. Like it doesn't matter. No. It, there's no. there really is a flavor. Because I mean, I go to I go to strip clubs. Don't get dances from like whoever. But I we were doing our strip club run with. Her over here, I fell in love with the stripper in the back, and she was like a, you know, a bigger girl, and I'm a little lady. But then, you know, they were getting dances from like yeah. someone like different, just and I was, yeah, yeah, oh, heart I thumping. I think that's what I appreciate <laughs> so much about strip clubs is that a lot of people out who who are outside of a strip club who say I've never worked in one will talk a big game about like inclusivity and all that bullshit. But it's like just bullshit. I'm like, you're all talk. You go into a strip club and you actually see it in action. You will see it in action. You will see people. I mean, I had one guy tell me he didn't like me because I wasn't black. And I'm like, whatever. There's over there. There's a girl for you. You know, like what people know exactly what they want. And because we're in that box that that is that it's little reality where nothing really goes outside of it they feel free to indulge in their fantasy of whatever it is. And all of us know, all of us dancers know exactly what we particularly bring. Like, what is our niche that we fill? Like, we just know it. And it's usually an extension of our personality in some capacity. And that's, that's what's fun about it, I think, anyway, is you're really in a group. I never thought about that before, but it could really make, it does make you, I would imagine, really in touch with like, what what are the attributes that somebody sees in me? Yeah, you you know, like, okay, why are they picking me? Why are they picking her and not me? Like, what what what's on the table here? You yeah. know? Yeah, and that's still just a small part of it. Some girls are just fucking good at selling. Yeah, that's absolutely <laughs> Period. true. Period. Like they are just they've got. 10 years under their belt or whatever, and they can just sell like it's nobody's business, right? And then not all that stuff goes out the window. <laughs> and they, they are just making the sale. And as a dancer, or no, as anybody in the industry, you have to know that that's a thing. There are people that are good salespeople. I get insecure at work every day because there's beautiful women out there. And I'm like, why am I not looking like that? Why am I not getting tipped like that? Well, no, it's just like, I think it's just everybody. Like, I mean, I'll have insecure moments. Now, I'm not insecure the whole time. But, you know, it's just you're you're looking at all these beautiful women. They have, some of them have the nicest boobs or the nicest butt or the nicest hair or the nicest makeup. But it's like everyone brings something to the table. And you have to remember that. And people get a big head because they're big tits. <laughs> or you could be humble and, like, and just and then also like realize that there's gonna be someone that likes what you have, yeah. and that's that's what I like about the industry, and that's what I hate about the industry as yeah. well. Well, you can't ever get away from the humanity that is inherent in it because it's a bunch of humans fucking around in this little box where supposedly yeah, and everybody's just come real. Yes, and everybody's over. just looking at you all the whole time, and we are wearing like little clothing and stuff, and we you know we have to look. I mean we're supposed to look a certain way that makes us feel good, but then you have assholes come in. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, right. So usually when I hear somebody say something like just absolutely ridiculous, I, it's uh, I, I just kind of take a look at them and I'm like, well, yeah, well, I wonder where that came from. 
where are those mommy issues in there? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hate to be too cliche, but most of the time when I see something like that, I'm like, okay, well, you're a broken human. Yeah. yeah. What did your dad do to you or whatever it was, you know? Also, let's not forget that half the people in there are either drunk, which if you are imbibing an alcohol, you're on a different... Some of those you're, walls are down. You're different, yeah. yeah. Or they're on something else. Right, like that's always the thing to keep in mind. Like, don't let somebody who's tripping balls tear down your sense of self-esteem. They are, they are not even there. <laughs> yeah. Or, I had to cut somebody off recently, <clears throat> and he was so nice to me until like uh, he was with his friends, and his friend like whispered in his ear, "No, I want to stay. I want to hang out." And I guess he said that he wanted to hit on me, and the guy, the tall guy that I had cut off was like oh you wanted to hit on her like gross and i'm just like oh my god that hurt my heart but i'm like i just cut you off you dumb fuck and now you're now i'm disgusting when you were kissing my ass five minutes ago like well plus it's also it's also easy to forget that like what you heard was the guy that said gross but also there was somebody there (laughs) trying to hit on you that's the one you should be paying attention to (laughs) exactly although i mean anything said in the club is has holds zero weight. Oh <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Zero weight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nothing. Yeah, and that's one of the things to remember too, right? About doing this. Yeah, you have to shake it off at the end of the night. I always do the actual shake. Yeah. Where you? Yeah. You wave your arms yeah. around and it's so good let for it your go. nervous system to do that. Yeah. Absolutely. Shake yeah. it off. When, and... when you're mad, you go in the back. Oh yeah. Yeah, I had a moment like that the other night. Ryan was bouncing, and I was like. Just had some bullshit happen. Went out in the back, shook it off, stood by the fire, changed my outfit, went back on the floor, sold like three dances right after that. So I was like, perfect. Just get it, get it out and off. We're humans wandering around in this club doing this weird thing. Just make sure you take care of yourself and uh, remember that it's all fake. <laughs> yes. And once you're out of that box, then you can leave it behind you. You got to learn to leave like your work behind you. That's why we are in this industry. We don't have to take our work home with us. And it's so easy to take it home with you. It's because you deal with so much. I wouldn't say abuse, but you just deal with a lot of projections projections and you're it's, and it's not just the customers. Everybody's like, Oh, the customers are all are awful. And I'll always say men are simple creatures. (laughs) Like they want boobs, booze, and like the occasional chicken strip basket. And and sometimes they'll say stupid shit, but it's like... We know the name of your autobiography now. (laughs) (laughs) But it's so... But it's so easy to, like, hear those things. Like, when you're laying down at night because we get home so late to just hear it. Yeah, you can hear, like, the voices playing in your head if you're... If you're... If you don't shake it off. Yeah, and... You know, you, you'll go home and you'll shower and whatever, and it just it takes a while to wind down. And it is easy to take that home. But then there's the women that work there, and I will say that it's very hard to work with that much estrogen in a building. <laughs> <laughs> it's very hard. Everybody's period sync up. Yep. That's a thing, boys. Yes, and yes. it does. It's a very animalistic place. Yeah. Yeah, it totally, yeah, it, it is, and again, it's that place of remembering, like, what's going on around you. Okay, where am I? I'm in a strip club. This is a fake place. Um, 
we're all humans, which means we all have our baggage, we all have our fucking hormones. <laughs> well, I mean, we're all in this building yeah. together, yeah. so of course we have our baggage. Yes, of course. <laughs> and then, like, getting that perspective and then realizing, oh, again, I don't need to take any of this personally or seriously or, or any of that. I don't need to turn it into a reason to change my life, right? Does, does the cutthroatness of it ever get to you? Because no. some of the girls She's can be pretty pretty. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm still new, so I don't, I don't know. Um, I've had an experience where a lot of, and again, I think this is because I started as VIP hostess. Um, some of the older, more experienced girls like literally helped me out and were like, hey, this is how you do it, and let me pull you in on this thing just so I could try it and experience. Like, I got my first, I didn't get the shower show. It was some of the other girls that negotiated it, but the the group wanted more girls, so they pulled me into it. So I got to experience, like, here's what you do when you get a shower show. Like, and I didn't sell it myself. I was pulled into it. And super fucking grateful. And again, I said this at the beginning, right? Like, this is why I will say, you know, hey, girl, that guy over there wants you, wants, your, wants a lap dance from you, not from me. Because I have experienced people just kind of helping me out as a baby stripper, but I think it's because I started out as VIP hostess cheering everybody else on. Like, I really do hold everybody's well-being. Yeah, yeah that's, I mean, I, I said that before, but I truly believe that, like, you can make your life a lot easier just by being nice to people. Yeah. And, and it, it was Faith that said it. You have to compartmentalize yeah. your, your life. She, she was one, um, one of the dancers. She's been dancing since 1994. And... Mm. Her name's Faith, and you—you probably met her. She's yeah. yeah, she's wonderful. And she came on here, and she's just like, when I go to work, I am Faith. I am businesswoman. Yeah. I have all Barbie parts. Yeah. Like, yes. there's nothing. Yes. Yeah, and but you—it's a smart thing to do is to compartmentalize, yeah. like all of that stuff, yeah. so you don't get too wrapped up into it because it can consume your life. I've yeah. seen girls where it consume your life. There are people that like. Like you, where I think that you're going to have like a healthy career doing this, but a lot of people do not. Yeah. Well, I mean, it goes back to that thing I said about boundaries in relationships. You have to have a boundary in your relationship to stripping. And sounds like Faith figured it out. She was like, compartmentalize this. These are my Barbie parts right now. Right? Which, yeah, yeah I mean, she goes in Faith mode. Yeah, she goes into faith. I know when I'm there, I am heiress, and you are literally going to. And you are not. You are not that spice. (laughs) That's that reminds me because she said at the time um, that it it was during advice, like you need to learn how to compartmentalize. What advice would you give to a a new stripper or b a stripper coming in at say 40 years old? I don't know that I am qualified to give any advice out to new strippers um, at all, other than what has probably already been said. I will just reiterate, like, have a good sense of (laughs) self-worth, do the compartmentalization, do not make it your life, all of that stuff. But if it's somebody who's 40 and wants to do it, do not deprive yourself of that. Go do it. I mean, okay, life coach me is going to jump in here. I'm 40, which means ideally I have at least another 40 years. It's the second half of my life. Am I going to fucking waste it being scared or not doing what I want to do? And, and what? Like, have what to show at the end of my life, right? And I know that's, like, a long view, and we're talking about stripping, and people are like, 
is this chick serious? How can you put those two together? But I'm like actually very fucking serious. It is your life. You don't want to be on your death boat going, well, I sure was safe. Yeah, I sure was safe and didn't do anything fucking cool. That's going to be the most boring memoir or ever. Or you can lay on your deathbed and be like, man, I really should have been a stripper. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's more like people are going to be like, so how did you make money? I was like, well, I just made use of the, the system of the male gaze that was already in place and charged people for staring at my pussy. <laughs> like, that's going to be a really Or in fun some states, just your boobs. In just your boobs. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right. I just, I would say, just if you're 40 and you're thinking about it, do it. Make sure the recovery and the self-care is there, though. Your body has had 40 years of wear and tear on its joints, so don't act a fool and <laughs> don't, you like, forget to stretch. Do your sauna. <laughs> Drink your water with electrolytes. Do all that stuff. Like, that's important. Um, go get your fucking fillers and Botox. You know, like, have your face done. Whatever makes you happy, go do that. But don't don't worry about what other people are going to think. From the other side, I, go ahead. Oh, I'm just saying, I'm a, a firm believer in um, cosmetic surgery. Hell yeah. Yes. I think that if it makes you feel good, yes. then you should do it. Yes. And a lot of people are just like, no, you shouldn't get your boobs in. You shouldn't get that done. Like That's such I, bullshit virtue signaling from our Puritan roots. Like, Fucking over yourself already. God. Yeah, no. I am all for it. If it makes you feel pretty, if that's what you need to do, like, that's what, no, if that's what you want to do. Yes. Then do it. Yes. So that's just. Yeah. Well, and so that's another thing. Like, if you're 40 and you're like, oh, these fucking wrinkles, go strip so you can pay for your fillers, man. (laughs) (laughs) You need titties where your, your nipples aren't sagging down to your belly button. Are yours done? Yes, mine are done. Oh. I, I finished nursing my babies, and it was a train wreck after that. I had pretty boobies before that. Oh, then... well, they look pretty. They look real. I know. I'm a fan. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you They're Brad. pointing right at me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mine, I got... That was something I did for myself, too, for that exact reason. I was like, I am 30, and I should not have tits that look like this. I'm going to go buy myself a pair. And I did. You know, and it will make you money. It It will. <laughs> Like, yes. Not just your boobs, like yeah. just your confidence. Yes, it's the confidence. Yes, yeah. it's the confidence. Because when I looked at myself in the mirror without my breasts, I did not feel like myself. I, w- I was like, I don't know who this is staring back at me, but it's not me. Yeah, well, I I didn't like my smile, so yeah. I took care of that. And yeah. then I know girls that have gotten, you know, they have one pussy lip that was yeah. just a little heavier than the other and got that done and it just like it, it doesn't just things i learned i didn't even know that was a thing oh, yeah you can get you, you get can, a pussy lip yes um, <laughs> um no but it was it wasn't just that it looked better but they felt that it looked better and so it boosts their confidence and it boosts their stage presence and it yes. just like it goes back to that attitude thing again of just i think that's really more important than than anything is just like having that confidence. I've had people that were definitely like not the A person in the club get dances from me just because they have the confidence to be, and you know, are nice. (laughs) Yeah. And that, that actually was the thing I heard the most in my first week was we know this is your first week, but you look like you've been doing this for a long time. And it's because of the confidence I had going into it. And, and, I want to make the distinction here between confidence and arrogance. Like I'm not. I'm oh, a big head. I like that. I don't have a big head. I'm. I'm still very much a baby stripper, learning all the things, screwing up, whatever. It's a good distinction too, because not everybody knows the difference between those two. Oh, for sure. Like, yeah, no. Uh, there's, there's like 
humility and false humility. <laughs> Those are not the same. Um, but, but, and then there's confidence, which is knowing, confidence is like knowing who you are versus, you know, trying to, having to tell people that you're worthy and have value. It's Ooh, like, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I yeah. see that a lot there. Yeah. Do, do you think you learned anything from being a hostess, from being an observer as a hostess that you took to being a dancer? Oh, 100%. Like, <laughs> I mean, for, I was, I, first of all, I was like, oh my God, how am I going to jump right back into dancing? Because let's get real here. Like when you're on stage doing four, five sets in a night, that's 10 songs. That's a lot on the body. And I initially thought I would have to like go balls to the wall every song. And then I watched some of the girls and I'm like, oh, she, all she did was four stuff. She's just crawling around. Oh, hell yeah. But she's making it Some girls just do laps around the pole. Yeah. And I was, oh, I can do that. Like that was in terms of the nuts and bolts of this thing. Like that was really helpful to know. And then also watching how the different girls sell. Some are bulldogs and just ask and ask and ask and ask. Like no finesse. It's just right in there. Some of them build up a little rapport. Not a lot of them waste their time. <laughs> and that's good for me to know. They're like, they, they get to it within a certain window of like, are you going to spend money on me or not? And then they're out, right? It's the whole hundred no's and a yes is a yes. Um, is one of my mottos just because like, I'll ask a bunch of people for like a certain amount of tips. Like you should give me a hundred dollars, like joking around. <laughs> And sometimes, occasionally, it happens. I'm like, yeah, 100 knows and I guess still. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually employed that when I was VIP hostess. I would be like, and now you can tip me. And they would be like, how much? And I'm like, $100 <laughs> for getting you a lap dance or whatever it is. Yeah, right. Be, not being afraid to like ask right away and not do that weird social nicety thing where you just make small talk until you... The fakeness? Yeah, that's... just get straight to it and I'm still learning that I'm still I'm like still watching some of the other girls have got it so dialed and they're so good at it and I'm like slowly I think uh spending less time with the small talk you'll figure out your niche you will yeah yeah, yeah. which everyone finds it I've seen girls like when they first started like five years ago and they were just like these they had no idea what they were doing and you, you get thrown to the lion pit, and it's intimidating, and it's scary. And now they're just like, bitch, I'm getting a dance. Yes. Like. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a question for you that I just thought of. As an observer, being a bouncer there, and having been a dancer, what is the difference between being a male stripper and a female stripper? What are the differences? Uh, male strippers don't really have to put in as much work. Because when women go to a male strip club, they're there to see dick, feel dick, want want male bodies. They want to be thrown around. They're there for it. I had another friend that was a male stripper, and he said, like the difference that he saw was that the women were insane. They're they're crazy. Yeah. There's, there's like we allow a lot more touching, but we control it. And like we're men, we we throw the women around. So. And they love it. And actually, Kat talked to me the other day. <laughs> she was all like, I don't really care about the throwing around or anything. I'd rather have, see like a elephant thong on you. Like some I still want to see the elephant thong. Yeah, so, he's so like, oh, so you want the funny one. perspective I haven't heard before. So like some women just want like to make comedy out of cock. So like that, that would be perfect. 
like I want to implement that when it, when it comes <laughs> <out again. laughs> comedy out of cock the Ryan yeah. story yeah so that that's I think that's the main thing like we don't have to work as much um, that's why I don't know why Ben doesn't have a male strip club because the gay community here is huge is it it is huge, yeah. A lot of people from Portland and San Francisco do move up here. And I used to have my own moving company, and I would have, I would have a lot of clients that were gay. I've always – I personally thought that we didn't have a big enough um, population to support a male strip, strip club, but I, I'd be curious. I beg to differ. <laughs> there are some thirsty fucking ladies in this town. <laughs> yeah, but I think – and I could be wrong because I don't frequent male strip clubs, but I would I would wonder if like because there's not one here in town. <laughs> I would wonder if the female regular would be more of a rarity than say the male regular. You know, I think the like you were saying, the women go out and they go there to party. They're they're there for the experience. Whereas you can have a guy that's just like in every week. Yeah, I would I would say uh, yeah, there definitely wouldn't be as many regulars. But during the summer when wedding season is upon us, <laughs> bachelorette parties are rampant. Like, I would love even, for you to take the bachelorette parties away from my club because they I are see, the fucking worst. They are. They they much rather see naked men than naked women for the most part. But they they go to the clubs because just because they want to see naked people. Are you a businessman? You should start this up. Sounds like you found a niche. I, I am working on the, the being a businessman, yes. There you go. There you <laughs> go. I think what's cool is about what he gets to do, because that's intriguing what you said, like not as many female regulars. I'm pretty intriguing. Not <laughs> <laughs> you are, Brad. <laughs> um, I think the companionship part for him is mm-hmm. what gets taken up more often by the ladies. They want that companion. Oh, interesting. Versus just having a dick swung in their face every yeah. Friday. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe, but... I mean, how, there's so many women out there that aren't getting their emotional needs met. Like, And uh, my, my demographic is generally like mid-30s, 40s, uh, career-oriented women that don't have time for a relationship, any relationship, but they crave it. So if they, if, that's why it's called Just for Tonight. So not as many, um, my husband doesn't pay as much attention to, to me as he used not to? Not too many, no. Yeah. Uh, it's more, more the career-oriented. Yeah, all of us who are like, my husband doesn't pay any attention to me are like, and we're getting a divorce. <laughs> now, I have been paid by, it was more suburban housewife kind of feels, to just be around the house naked. Right. Because they didn't want to cross over that moral like, gotcha. agreement with their, their partners. So, I mean, that's like they get it fulfilled. It, it's always fascinating to me. Everybody draws their lines yep, in exactly. different places. And it's I, I remember way back in the day, um, for just a, a hair, a short period of time, they used to play like porn movies up on the t- televisions. <laughs> and I remember hearing some dancers being like, oh, this is all, the, you know, why would a woman do that or something like that? I'm like, Man, there are people outside that door that are saying the same thing about you. Like, <laughs> we just, we're all putting our lines in just right. arbitrary places. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And it, it is so arbitrary. I, mean, 
am so glad you said it was how arbitrary it is. It's absolutely, like if people understood that most of the time their beliefs and values don't even come from them, it's just the conditioning of their childhood, they, there would be a lot less judgment around all of it because it's absolutely arbitrary. Like I feel like having strong feelings about this today, but tomorrow I might not give a fuck. Like people are not aware of exactly how, it's almost like, on a whim that they'll decide to draw the line. <laughs> it yeah. often is. Yeah. yeah. So you used to work in a male strip club, correct? Yeah. I was technically only a stripper for two weeks, but yeah. <laughs> how many How many guys did you see in there uh, as customers? I Quite a few. Um, def- I definitely uh, <laughs> I used to get paid $50 um, per shoulder I put my dick on. <laughs> and a lot, most of them were men. <laughs> Well, that is interesting. Was that on the menu? Like, you can get a no, lap dance with this, or you can get a dick on the shoulder for no, $50? I, I definitely played, played a little <laughs> game with people, and I was just trying, if, if you could get your mouth on it, then you could touch it. <laughs> it's just a version of them trying to bite their ear, right? So, <laughs> it was definitely a me thing. <laughs> you were just fucking with them. Yeah, I was. <laughs> Uh, that's the other thing. We have a ton of fun with this stuff all the time. It's just, it's because it, there's no more taboo, so we're mm-hmm. mostly just no. fucking with After people. After we got rid of the, the guilt, the shame, yeah. all any fears, uh, it kind of opened up yeah. for us. Yeah. It's just a lot of fun <sighs> to, to like either push people's buttons or like see what they're willing to go for because you really never know what somebody's kink is. No. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I had a question, but I lost it. <laughs> it was somewhere along those lines. So let me think of it. Oh, yeah. So one of the things that surprised me, um, again, from previous guests, and I imagine you have something to say on it, is how many customers how many customers will have this, what I would consider kind of out there kink, that they're completely open about, you know, in front of a stripper. One of them, you know, being like... Um, Will you piss in this so that I can drink it? Or do you shit on people? Or, you know, these things that I would think would be a lot more, would be a lot harder to say to someone than it appears to be. Right. Yeah. I, 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 I would pretty much do anything except for uh, scat play. I don't do that. What's that? Uh, that's shit. Yeah. Uh, in terms of kinks. Yeah, I, I wouldn't do that. But pissing on people, golden showers. I'm 100% okay with all that. <laughs> Someone coming up to me. They're definitely, they're more comfortable. I've definitely been asked multiple times to do that. It's mostly like a bull or some kind of whatever fetish they have. They'll come up to me because no one will do it for them in their relationships. And so I think it's crazy how confident people get in that moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they definitely are just like, well, I might as well ask you. This right. Is, this is what you do, right? I guess it's like, this is my opportunity. Yeah. And then you just charge accordingly. <laughs> I mean, you're laughing, but that's for real. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I can't. Like, based on the weight of the. <laughs> you know what? You got, you got, I think you're on something there. Um, <laughs> you have, like, a flask with little marks on the side. It doesn't say how many cups. It's, like, how many dollars. It's <laughs> uh, we definitely get... All, all of that stuff. We get all of that stuff at the club. People asking us. I mean, the thing is, we can't do any of it at the club. 
Like those are the club rules, house rules. Not this one. No, not this one. Yeah, not this one. Um, so that's kind of stuff that we'll do outside. Like I also do escort services that are companionship based. I also I do not have sex for money. That's just my personal boundary. No, again, no judgment. That's just where I fall on that. Um, but I will certainly beat your ass if you want me to, or carry a good conversation. Need a good pegging? I'm down for it. Right? <laughs> like whatever it is. But we can't do that at the club. That's the things that's like, that's all a no-no. However, we do hear about it, like you said, like, and people are very bold and it doesn't, I mean, I had a history of all this before I even got into the club, so it doesn't necessarily shock me um, to hear about. Yeah, this is pretty guys. clean, the club, like. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's actually quite Pollyanna-ish. <laughs> yeah, it's really clean. <laughs> That is a little more than an hour. Do you want to ask any more questions? I have so many questions, but so... We can go as long as you want. I don't know. No. We wrapped it up in an hour last time. Yeah. Let's just wrap it up. Part one and part two. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, yeah, we'll talk about it after we close up our session right now. Um, you ready? Yeah, that's it. All right. Uh, thanks to our guests very much. Thank you. Uh, thank, thank you, Kat. Oh, yeah, I'm... Kat. I'm the Brad. And thank you for listening to Behind the Meat Curtains. Uh, please email us with any questions at www.behindthemeatcurtains.com. Or info at behindthemeatcurtains.com. Fuck. No. <laughs> no, you can reach us at either place. There's a button on that website as well. Yes, and we also have an Instagram. Um, yeah. So. All right, cool. Thank you. Thank you. And that's our show. Our theme music is from Tribe of Noise. You can find them at www.tribeofnoise.com. Thanks to our host, Backside Cakes. You can find them at 740 Northeast 3rd Street, Suite 6, Bend, Oregon, 97701. Stop in sometime. You might see us recording. Listen to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Prime Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a positive rating. We are a new podcast and would really appreciate the support. And you can find us on the web at www.behindthemeatcurtains.com or write us at info at behindthemeatcurtains.com. <laughs>